Well, how many decibels do you think you went up when you shouted? Good question. <laughs> but not that much. Okay. All right. Hello. We are David Riley and Joel White returning again to the Studio of Sound, by which we prepare for you a podcast twice a week on Wednesday and Saturday about something. I don't know. Stuff. Talking about cartoons and video games. Which apparently are popular with old people. And there's this, there's, ladies. That's not true. It might be. I wish it was. On some far off planet. <laughs> what a perfect world. If only we could get there, Joel. Then we could build a rocket ship like Billy Bob Thornton in the Astronaut Farmer. Did you see that? No. Just the previous? Yeah. Okay. Did you see it? No. Do you want to see it? right now eh. let's blow off this podcast <laughs> that's it i'm out of here today we are podcasting for let's call it the seventh yeah that yeah. sounds about right yeah that's mo- that's wednesday right you can send an email to us at dave and joel at gmail.com or use our new voicemail line at 206-666-3278 which is 206-666-FAST uh we do have emails and voicemails now. And to celebrate this monumentous occasion, we replay a voicemail by a man whose identity is clouded in secret, but he has a very important point to make. Hello, David. I think your voice is very sexy, and I'm wondering how you feel about hearing these words from my own sexy voice. Let's put our sexy together, okay? Yeah. The oh. saga of my sexy voice continues. <laughs> Are we ever going to stop talking about this? Uh, if people stop responding to it so positively, <laughs> but even then, probably not, because the internet is at my whim for 30 minutes a week. <laughs> that would be 30 incredible. 30 minutes twice a week. The, the, to have the whole The internet. internet worked like a college radio station where you had your show on for, I don't know, five minutes or whatever at 3 a.m. And then you could play all the crappy reggae you wanted. Yes! College radio is awesome. <laughs> Sometimes sometimes Drexel has some good shows on, but there are very, very few. Few and far between. I knew a few kids into college radio back in the day. I was driving up to uh, Maine with Kathy, and we caught some college radio station in the Northeast. It was terrible. There was just this girl, and she kept on saying, I do what I want, and then she would laugh like that was funny. Well, it may have been on the heels of the South Park episode where Cartman was a whore to get on Mori Povich and get free prizes or something. And continuously said, I do what I want. Really? <laughs> College students are not always so creative in their <laughs> methods of humor. We are not so far departed from being college students, Dave. I'd like to think I am. <laughs> <laughs> but then St. Joe's was a college for like rich kids who, were, who wanted to go to a city college but were scared of being in the actual city. <laughs> and who wanted to pay $30,000 a year for a $15,000 a year education. Nice. Yeah, it's a strange place to go to school. <laughs> but there were some good people there. Mostly me. Exclusively me. But if you went there between the years of 2000 and 2005 or whenever I went to school, you had some pretty good times around me. <laughs> Today, we're talking about video games. One video game in particular... That coincidentally, me and Joel both got, which is a rarity. Yeah. Lost Planet. Me and Dave decided that we would catch up with the times and not buy a game 14 years after it came out. 
Also, I thought of something. That guy who sent us an email last week about the video games and what robot games to play. You should play Front Mission 3 if you can find it. Didn't? Yeah. Well, I, he mentioned Front Mission 4, but Front Mission 3 is better. <laughs> A lot better. Really? Yeah, it's awesome. Was Fr- Fr- which one did you play first? Was Front Mission 3 the one we tried to do like the ninja switch on your PlayStation, or was yeah, that 4? When we had the uh, import copy. Yeah. <laughs> Back in the day, well, before I knew how to install a mod chip and... Well, I know how to do it now, but I don't know how to do it without ruining a PlayStation. <laughs> so it's questionable whether or not I actually know. But anyway, Joel and I tried to do that like six-step swap method to get import CDs to load with a boot disk. It took a while, and it didn't work. Yeah. I think we got to the third step. We got to like, if you saw a black screen, that was like really exciting in the load process, and then that may have distracted us. Much like how I sold all the Genji equipment in Final Fantasy Tactics and jumped up to high-five my buddy Greg and kicked the PlayStation and turned it off. (laughs) Not so good. Six years later, I realized the Genji equipment isn't that hard to steal, but it was pretty exciting back then. I can understand that. When I got a Ghost 10.1 server to pull an image off of a... At work, we have just had this like the most hacked-up network ever. There's like three different routers and... So I'm spending a half an hour just trying to get this stuff to connect. And when it finally like booted up, I was super psyched. Unfortunately, I forgot to set the compression, so it ran out of disk space halfway through. Ouch. God, I was playing uh, Final Fantasy three yesterday, like, on, I guess, what is technically my lunch break. Since, <laughs> since Do you ever stop playing Final Fantasy three? I mean, really. It's a terrible game. It's sad. It's, it's actually, it's an incredibly fun game that is way too hard. And I'm at a point in my life where I really can't play a game for an hour and make no progress. Yeah. Like, the the gameplay is a lot of fun. It's just like Final Fantasy 1, except it also has jobs, which is, like, nice. automatically fun. There are a lot of jobs in that game, too, right? Yeah, there's too many, in fact. There's so <laughs> many, you can never use them all. The game is just impossible. And even the normal bad guys aren't that hard until you get to a certain point, at which point they become really hard, too. But the bosses all have... Like, spells that hit everybody for a half or three quarters of your life. And you basically just have to pray that they don't use them and just pile on the damage. Because if you don't kill them in two turns, it's over. Like, you're just going to die. <laughs> so, wow. over the course of an hour, I think I fought Stupid Kraken or whatever three or four times. That I is the game I was thinking about. I lost played that every game. game. And when I, played, when I got to the Kraken, he would just kick my ass. Are you sure it wasn't Final Fantasy 1? Because there's also a Kraken in that. No, this was definitely a later version of Final Fantasy. Did it have Onion Kids? I don't remember. That was the default job class. Oh, yeah. Up, they looked really fat and had like this archaic, I don't know, conquistador armor. Why did they even... I don't even know what they did. What was their special ability? Nothing. It was crappy first job ability. They uh-huh. didn't have Accumulate like in Final Fantasy Tactics, which was the best skill ever. But anyway, Front Mission 3 was totally sweet. And the only thing that Front Mission 4 really trumps it on is the fact that you can have a melee fighter chain attack off everybody else, and it's just like this orgy of violence. <laughs> because melee attacks are basically free, so you can get like 30 attacks in a turn. And they do more damage, and they're harder to evade. Yeah. I wish I'd figured that out in Front Mission 3. Front Mission 3 was all about shields for me. Yeah. Because shields are awesome! Especially at the end, when you got the one that took away like 90% damage. I didn't even know why I was still playing that game. <laughs> a lot of my guys had broken left hands by the end of the battle. Because so, as soon as you lost the shield, it was gone. <laughs> anyway, 
Lost Planet is a game that we bought, but now maybe are regretting it. So Gerald Rathcall of AWO, it is not a decent shooter. It has decent multiplayer. Yeah, it's a lot. I don't know. Dave is ragging on it, and I'm going to have to admit that I haven't beaten the game yet. But uh, I'm having a pretty good time with it. I don't know. I thought it started out okay and then just descended rapidly. But I think when I got to the sixth mission, I was like, when you fight the big boss. Yeah. It's like, you're the guy that killed my father. And then he goes out like a total punk. Yeah, I thought that was pretty fun. I thought he was kind of hard the first time. Until I figured out the grenade launcher. I didn't... I used the chain guns the whole time. Really? Yeah, you, you can... I knocked out an entire side on his first pass with the chain gun. Yeah. And then you just walk around, wait for and, him to come by again, knock out the entire the other, other side. side. And then you just stand in front of him and blow the crap out of his head. Wow. The it was not difficult. good for something? Color yeah. me impressed. <laughs> but that guy was like the start of a trend of bosses that can take off three quarters of your life just by looking at you. Yeah. I'm really sick of this stun locking thing that this game does where if you're... S- a single mistake definitely yeah. avalanches. You're like, oh, that rocket landed just a little too close to me, but I'm okay. Oh, wait. My guy is stumbling. Now he's getting shot with a machine gun, which is causing him to stumble the other way. And now yeah. rockets forever. What's really irritating about this game is the mechanics are you have this thing called thermal energy, which is your heat, which you collect from dead bad guys and you know it's so gasoline stupid? tanks or whatever. What's that? Did not realize TE stood for thermal energy. Don't they tell you as much in the game? I don't think so. Maybe I haven't gotten to that part yet. Anyway, it should have been easy to figure out. So, you essentially have unlimited life because whenever you get hurt, your T-Eng is subtracted and it refills your life bar. So, it's not uncommon to spend a minute or two just lying on the ground, getting shot as soon as you get back up, going down to like a sliver of health, and then getting it all refilled only to be removed again. Yeah. And the only way to get out of that is to attempt a half-assed evasion roll, which I don't know why games can't figure this out, but pushing in the thumbstick and pushing A is not a convenient roll. Like, it's got to have its own button. I don't know why they even have a jump in this game. You've got a grappling hook. and Well, you've got a grappling hook. I shouldn't need to jump anymore. There wasn't a jump button in Bionic Commando. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I can already grapple. Just make the jump button my evade. Yeah. The game would be twice as dynamic, and you could add it in, like, the robot functionality would go through the roof. Yeah. Instead of these sort of, you know, I don't even know what you call them, the, the robots in the ring that you, you press the button, oh, they try to hit each other. What are they called? Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Yeah. Every robot fight in this game works like Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Yeah, it's just you hit him, you gotta and then he hits pound you. pound the crap out of the bad guys, and the only reason you ever win is because they stopped shooting yeah. for longer than like, you did. It's this total war of attrition, especially on the bosses. It's like, okay, fire your rockets, now get hit by their rockets, now hit them with your rockets. Maybe you'll dodge once. You can, I mean, there are some robots that you can jump with, and it's possible possible to avoid an attack yeah but it takes so long for them to jump that unless you perfectly anticipated your opponent's move you just got hit on the way down and the, fell the boss in the middle of the game is the primest example of that because he has this combination ice spike attack that hits you like 50 times it, as soon as you get hit by the first one you get hit by the whole rest and it's pretty obvious to know when it's coming but if you don't jump and hover away immediately once that's happening you're screwed you can just walk really yeah i always jumped I just that's why you're not moving. Yeah, if I don't know, that's really just a pain in the ass towards the end. Once you've knocked out his two sides, yeah, and then he gets a lot more aggressive. 
Well, because he starts shooting double the amount of spikes. Yeah. So if if you make a single mistake, which you probably would because the camera gets kind of hinky on that boss, mm-hmm. uh, you basically just get totally wasted. Just wait till the last boss, which takes place in fully 3D space. It's basically like they tried to copy Zone the Enders gameplay mechanics, but didn't include any of the good things like a decent lock-on system or you know, good up and down controls, whatever that is. The Y axis, I guess. And yaw control. They the don't boss, have yaw control. The boss can take off like three quarters of your life immediately. Like you can get him down to where he's got one hit left and be at full and be killed because of how cheap he is and how slow your guns are. That was like laser swords, as the case may be. When you fight the wizard at the end of Otogi 2, and the only strategy that works is to juice one of your weapons up and then use the needle. Or is this Otogi 1 or 2? Which is the one we fight the wizard in the end? Pretty sure it's 1. Yeah, in, in the end of 1. And you use that needle that, that makes damage go through the roof for you and your opponent. Yeah. And just hope to God don't you don't get, get hit. <laughs> I think I used the staff on him that lets you continuously do uppercuts and just pray. <laughs> I was like, ooh, I hope he doesn't get out of this. I just, every form, I had to hit him once. <laughs> and he just never, he could never hit me, and I had to hit him first. And, I mean, well, I eventually beat it. I only had to hit him like three times. Yeah, it worked out. I mean, it was still kind of frustrating, but it worked. So, I think the most criminal offense of Lost Planet is the story, which gets progressively worse as you go on. Like, you haven't even seen the worst of it. You've only just no. entered into the true terror. No, I think I understand, uh, because the story of Lost Planet is there is no story. Because this guy is supposedly an amnesiac, but he's having visions of the past that correlate with the present. And so you think, like, I don't understand how this guy... He, he seems to be remembering everything. Yeah. There hasn't been a thing he's forgotten so far. One one of my especially favorite moments is uh, that... So they're on this ice planet that this company, Nevik, is terraforming. Trying to terraform. Trying to terraform. And they want to stop it from being terraformed. But yet they also want to terraform it. And they don't tell you why they want to stop it until like the second to last mission in the game. And even then it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's one of these totally retarded bad guy plots that like, yes, we're going to terraform the world and kill everybody on it because that's what we do. We're bad guys and bad guys do that. And like we want to terraform it in a way that makes flowers grow and everybody has sunny picnics. Yeah. Why can't you do that, Nevik? Yeah, come on, Nevik. There's too much overhead. And there's do you have an idea how much picnics cost? Like, I swear that this game just left scenes out. Because things happen. Like, you capture this guy from Nevik, and you're like, all right, you're our captive. And in the next scene, you're letting him go and being like, you better behave, now you're on our side. <laughs> and there's nothing that happens in between to tell you why you've become friends. Well, there's also the, the girl... I guess you save her at some point, but the she... girl who doesn't wear a shirt under her like parka—that's yeah. the first thing I noticed. I was like, "Damn, that was some titties for <laughs> negative three hundred degree weather." Yeah, everybody else has what amounts to gas masks on, so they don't. Yeah, and these like freeze their long suits. <laughs> and then there's this girl walking around in a low cut fur parka thing, and and listen, the Hooters were pretty nice. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you, but. From a logistics standpoint, that's not the best way to go around in a freezing climate. Where apparently you can die in the middle of a volcano from From cold. cold. (laughs) (laughs) That mission was somewhat confusing. You're in this cave where there's no more snow. 
and there's the the ing is literally falling from the ceiling when you shoot those spikes. But there's these stalactites yeah. that have the thermal energy in them, and you just shoot them down, and you get the pool. But uh, it's not warm, and you can you can still die. I think that's actually because the thing on his wrist, the harmonizer, which oh, yeah, restores to... his life, also keeps him alive or something. See, they don't explain it very well, but I guess that's why it is. But still, it's funnier to say that later in the game, you are in a volcano, like standing next to a lava <laughs> flow, <laughs> and you're still losing thermal energy. <laughs> it's... I was like, just scoop some of it out. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess... I don't know. There's a lot of things to really like about this game, though. Well, there's a lot of cool things. Like, there's a lot of robot suits. Yeah, and there's also... The enemies repeat, but a lot of them are really cool enemies. And they look really cool, too. I'm thinking especially of the acrid. Or the acrid. Yeah. The acrid. It's an acrid <laughs> smell. They're acrid. At least in the game, they are. Because, I don't know, I I never get bored of fighting them. And that giant worm, when you ki- there's this one mission where you're crossing these snowy plains, and there's this worm that does this cheap thing that messes up your mechs whenever you get on them, which is yeah. annoying. However, that encourages you to pop out and, and you know blow the ass. crap out of this enormous worm, yeah, which I is a lot of fun. I didn't even know there was an achievement for that. I was just like, I'm killing this thing. And all my teammates were like, Ron, you'll never make it. And I was like, shut up. He I'll doesn't make even it. have any good attacks. Except for the one that kills you immediately. That's a really annoying one. Once you realize, though, that all you have to do is run sideways, which, you know, you'd think yeah, that sounds just, obvious. Just don't be close to him. He's got a straightforward thrusting attack. How is that hard to avoid? Because he, like, rears back to do it. And I think the problem was, I was certain that when he did that roar, you could shoot him with a rocket and it would kill him in one hit. <laughs> so I spent, like, I don't know, an hour trying to hit him in the mouth with the rocket. <laughs> you got greedy, Joe. I did. But yeah, every time I, I shot him and those things would pop out, I would be like, spice must flow. <laughs> <laughs> the spice must flow. But I mean, the, the the worm is like the perfect example of the cool thing about that game. Because like, I, I was sitting there playing and I had been eaten and I was kind of pissed off. And then I realized that the tendrils hanging below his mouth were waving. And I was like, wow, that looks really cool. Yeah, it is a good-looking game, though I would argue very generic in point. Like, the bigger monsters do look cool, but the smaller ones just look like any kind of small. It's like, oh, great, here's my 100,000 flying thing that looks like a single-cell organism. Yeah. Or my 100,000 little bug Well, they, thing. they can't all look cool. I would hope they would. What do you mean? I don't know. For $60, I want everything to look cool. Yeah, that's true. I was impressed enough that I didn't even notice. And I was shooting those like flying things from so far away, I never even bothered to realize what they looked like. Another problem is the lack of AI, which is understandable from the bug's perspective, but the humans are just terrible. Especially when they're not aware of your presence. You can shoot a guy standing next to another guy, and his partner would just stand there. On some occasions, you can shoot the guy and have him just stand there. <laughs> it's like in Call of Cthulhu, where... Some of the guys would take two headshots to kill, and if you were sneaking, you could shoot them in the back of the head, and they would keep walking. Nice. Well, it was a sneak shot. And they'd be like, what the hell was that? Oh, whatever. You just walk up to them and place the bullet in their head, and then <laughs> yeah. like run back, and then do it again. <laughs> now I'm dead. Oh, no. It's like some sort of bizarre stalker movie where the guy's like, Coming into the woman's bedroom while she's sleeping and, like, drawing the knife across her throat. Like, and then she wakes up the next morning and she's like, what is this? It's just like that, except with 
fishmen in a New England town. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> I have not. Ex- I, I've read about the bad I, AI quitting the team and demanding to be traded. <laughs> no, <laughs> but I read about That's that. A on, different AI. I read about that on uh, on Game Facts, and I honestly I haven't experienced it yet, and I think that's because. I don't spend any time in this game sneaking because I realize that this game, like, they designed it to be all about offense. You're just supposed to constantly be running. Like, that's why they have the teeing. It's supposed to be this sort of frantic, always push forward, never stop attacking, find the biggest weapon on the screen and start blowing the crap out of stuff. The problem with that is that you either have way too much of that stuff or none. Yeah. And really, none only comes up in extreme mode when you have literally none. Yeah. And because they take away those data posts that give you a thousand, and yours it goes down like three times as fast. And every time you lose a full bar of health, that's like four or five hundred right there. So I got to the last boss of the or the boss of the first level, and he spawns with four of his like little brothers hanging around, and I was like, okay, no robots in this room, not gonna beat this. <laughs> Whereas normal was like the biggest cakewalk ever. Yeah. If you had to restart a boss, it was like shock. (laughs) Well, yeah. The bosses are pretty easy. I'm trying to think. The only thing that really took me a long time on normal was the worm. And, I mean, we've already He's not even really a boss. Nah. I call him a boss because he's the boss of my heart. And because the boss of that level was a total pussy. Who was the boss of that level? It was that chick in the robot. Oh, yeah. The British chick with the dreadlocks. The braids. The braids. She's like. I guess she's Jamaican or something. Future space Jamaican. They're blonde. Just like a neuromancer. She was the least chill future space Jamaican I've ever seen. Well, that's because they can't grow weed on this planet. <laughs> yeah, that's why we need to terraform it. Look at what it's doing to the Jamaicans. <laughs> Man, they're so strung out. <laughs> I didn't even know they could be like that. Their relaxed Caribbean lifestyle is going I mean, up Bob in Marley smoke. CDs don't work in zero gravity. <laughs> don't let them fool ya. Oh, no. <laughs> Could this be love? Oh, man. But the real fun thing about Lost Planet, though, is multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Because they've managed to create, I don't know. I like, I, these, they're probably the, the best multiplayer levels I've played anything on ever. Yeah, the maps are really good. And, okay, most of the maps. There's this one where you're in a canyon, and it, the map is huge, and basically requires you to have a robot, which isn't always possible. A robot or a sniper rifle. If you don't yeah. have either of those, you might as well just jump into the river and hope. Yeah, kill yourself and hope next time a robot respawns around you, because <laughs> you just got no chance. But yeah, they're really, there's a lot of indoor and outdoor elements. There's a lot of destructible terrain, which is one thing I really liked about the single-player game, is that you could blow up practically anything, yeah. which is neat. It wasn't quite as exciting as, uh, I don't know, I guess it was like kind of the best. I thought there was some game where, like, I guess in Gears of War, there was sometimes you could be like hiding behind a couch and they could shoot the cover out in front of you. But it's not but like that, any that columns was, or anything would That was up. rare, yeah. In Lost Planet, basically everything can be destroyed. And you can pull off some cool things later in the game where, like, robots are standing on towers. You can blow up the towers. Nice. But it's nice in multiplayer because if a guy's standing behind like a rickety formation, like those walls in Wicked City that you get shot into when you fire the really big gun, <laughs> you can just kind of knock them over and then shoot, it, shoot his legs out from under him. Yeah, throw a grenade at the wall and then blast him. Which is neat. My real problem with the multiplayer is that they have this level thing, which I think encourages you to be more focused on getting levels and less focused on playing the multiplayer. 
What? What do you mean? Like how you raise levels by getting kills and stuff. I guess the max is probably level 99, and I'm something like level 24. And I've basically hit the wall, where even if I essentially cheat and play a one-on-one fugitive game, which is like the quickest way to get points that someone who's not good at the game can do, <laughs> um, I won't raise a whole level in one game. So like, it's really disheartening to play a game and see that result score at the end being like 100 points. Because even if you break even on kills... Like, say, if you get nine kills and nine deaths, you're probably not going to score more than, like, 100 points. Yeah. And in where I'm at, you need something like 7,000. They definitely reward you more for not dying than yeah, they do than for getting kills. getting kills. Because it's all about your ratio. So, if you get three kills and zero deaths, it's better than getting nine kills and six deaths. In fact, it's especially better because every time, it's like a double whammy when you're killed. Like, the guy on the other team gets points, and your team loses points. So, basically, every time you die, it's like a 2,000-point deficit. Yeah. Which makes it pretty hard to play the game. I don't know. I just find myself more focused on, more concerned about getting points and making progress on levels than I actually am about just playing the game. Really? I, is- just, I decided that I wasn't going to think about getting points at all and just try to, like, we, I was playing a post-capture map. Yeah. Which is, like... The most fun, yeah, I think, ever. The capture the flag, or what? what's essentially the capture the flag. There's six points on the map that you want to control. It's like King of the Hill in Halo, mm-hmm. which is unbelievably fun. It's a lot more fun than the uh, the team, just like team elimination, the kill each other maps. Yeah. But I've always liked those special ones. Like, I was a lot better in capture the flag in Halo than I was at killing well, guys. Well, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I'm never going to be... Like, I don't have enough time to become a really strong individual player in this game. However, I can run up to a post and hit B with three of my buddies and hold on while they're getting killed and, like, finish the post. I actually did that to win the match in one game. And then the dude, like, the guy capped my teammate and the the post was almost completely ours. And then he just blasted me right as it finished. Nice. I was like, yes! endurance because i suck one good thing about pose grab is that it gives players like us a chance to get those points though because i don't think kills count for anything they do do they yeah you still get all the you still get points based on kills and deaths so if you did really poorly in a post grab map you could still get your 100 points well you always get 100 yeah but the uh the um i thought getting a post cost gets you 500 but killing people still gets you more the difference is you can get you can win the match. It's better. It's easier because it's easier for you to win the match, um, and winning the match counts for a lot of points. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know. I don't. It's got some other pretty fun game types too. I really like the fugitive gameplay though. Nobody seems to play it. Like the I think nobody plays it because nobody gets it. Like so, there's this one guy, and we're supposed to get him. Run that by me. I just don't... There's one guy, and when he dies, then he respawns, and well, he's still the fugitive. It's like uh, Halo had a mode like that, too. It was like Juggernaut or something. But the Juggernaut would change every time you got killed. That's true. But with the fugitive, you're always the fugitive. I don't I don't get it. Uh, I think it'd be a lot more fun if you could get more people to play it. But, like... We should just trick people into playing it in Lost Canyon, which is that long map that Dave was talking about. Canyon 810, I believe it's called. And then just suspend yourself from the bottom of a bridge and just hang out there because yeah. no one would well, ever the is look. Then, then you don't get any points. You get points for moving around. Oh, really? Yeah, I was playing. Does some... moving up and down count? No, I don't think so. I think actually you don't get 
you have to move around a lot too. Like you can't retrace your steps. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. There's probably some limit. Like you don't get points for standing at cordon and. All I know is 64, 48. When we first played Fugitive, we played it with rockets, and I was thinking, what justice system is going to let a fugitive escape with a rocket launcher? I mean, I could understand if he had like a machine gun. It's like most He overpowered game. the guards. Or uh, what's that movie with John Claude Van Damme? Uh, hard kill or hard yeah, target? Hard target. Or the one with Ice Cube, which we've already talked about on this show. <laughs> Not <laughs> where enough. He, where he puts the cigarette butts in the gun barrel. Always, Always check, check the, the barrel. barrel. <laughs> oh, he should have learned. And then he hot wired that uh, the four wheeler to kill what what was this rock he hot wired the four wheeler to kill rock from the that fox show do you remember that yeah the black guy awesome not a whole lot to do with lost planet though whatever i don't know i think i still like the gears of war multiplayer better but i play a lot more lost planet than i do gears of war the lost planet is a more extended game experience so you sit down to a game it lasts 20 minutes instead of just you know well gears of war is like counter-strike where you die and then you wait for the next round. Mm-hmm. Lost War is just Lost Planet is much less strategically based. Not to say Counter Strike is strategically what based, you ta- but Gears of War is. Gears of War is strategic. The only strategy people used on me was get as close as possible and blow me up with either the melee attack with the grenades that sticks to you or the shotgun. Maybe you were using the wrong strategies, Joel. My strategy was all right. I'm going to crouch down behind this wall, and then my teammate will probably crouch over there, and then we'll have a great like crossfire thing going for people that run up. Never worked. <laughs> Teammate like runs out, gets shot with a sniper well, that's rifle. Because I'm the like, people on your team always suck. Like I'm like, hey, I I would always just do the opposite of what they did because invariably, like three guys would go right and then nobody would go left, and they'd be like, huh, I wonder where the bad guys are gonna come from this time, <laughs> and totally get you in the back because you're stupid. They're all like standing behind these sandbags, like we're gonna get them this time. <laughs> I just hated that the machine gun in that game. Uh, I sucked. Kn- yeah, you could not get a kill with it. I would sit there for 20 seconds pouring into a guy as he's running. And, you know, it's really hard to track him as they run. So I'm, like, hitting him the whole time. Yeah. And then he doesn't die. He just crouches down, gets his life back, and then, you know, somebody chainsaws me. Yeah, the regenerative health can be an issue in Gears of War. I still still like it better. It's a much more intimate experience, and the people are a lot bigger, which I like. The people are a lot bigger. (laughs) The people in Lost Planet are much smaller, and it can be hard to see. Dave... What's wrong with you? Especially since everybody wears winter camo on winter maps. Yeah. And so if you're playing one of those rifle like the maps, camo it's even like matters. Good luck. The camo never even matters. The guys just, I don't know. I feel like on any the sniper games are really hard, especially yeah. on the big open maps, because I'll be watching some dude. and I'm like, I'm gonna get him when he comes out from behind that post. And then as soon as he comes out from behind the post, I try to pull the trigger and without he realizing you. No, without realizing I'm already dead because your crosshairs don't disappear immediately because <laughs> some dude shot me and I just disregarded the text that announced it. Yeah, especially if you're not playing team on one of those sniper things, that is brutal. Oh man, I can't even it's imagine free for all, and you can't even hear people else. shooting. Yeah. So if some, I mean, unless you got hit, there's no way you could know someone was shooting at you. Yeah, I know that could be really tough. But I think overall, the multiplayer is a very beneficial experience. Yeah, I'm 100% in favor of it. In I fact, was... like, because of the multiplayer, I don't feel like I wasted my money on this game. Yeah, definitely. If, if it was just a single player, I definitely would. Well, I'm also hoping that they'll continue and do like map packs and that kind of stuff. They're, yeah, they're releasing one, I think, at the end of this month. It's, I think it's going to be like 5 bucks or something. Nice. But, 
there, there was. Didn't you buy the special edition and get the free map? No. For ten dollars more. Good job. Special like, editions. Why don't you just pour your money down the toilet? People <laughs> are still trying to sell me that Halo special edition because God knows you couldn't find a Halo Two special edition anywhere once that game came out. <laughs> it was like the Wild West and the tumbleweed was rolling by <laughs> in their display case. With the 50 <laughs> copies of the Halo 2 Special Edition that they still have. Every time one of those guys asks me if I want to pre-order Halo 3, I ask them how many copies of Halo 2 Special Edition they have. <laughs> Just to throw it in their face. Because it never... And honestly, why am I going to pay $100 for a Master Chief helmet? Like, that's so impractical. Yeah. Especially since all... I'm going to put this bad boy up on my TV. I'm it's like strip no. my head like a voodoo doctor so I can wear it. <laughs> no, actually, I'll just uh, I'll save the money and cut a, a little badge out of construction paper and write nerd on it, and then I'll wear that on my shirt. <laughs> because it's a lot faster for people who don't know you. <laughs> They'll understand immediately. And Not that they wouldn't. And $100 on it. Yeah. Like, why am I going to spend $40 more for a stupid piece of plastic? Unless there's something crazy in that multiplayer thing, like... Oh, we made Halo 4, too. And it's in it as well. And that's what you get for your extra $10 in the collector's edition. Then there's really no purpose in buying a collector's edition. And I learned that quite quickly on DVDs, especially anime DVDs, which is like, look at this collector's edition box. It's like, what does it come with? Collector's edition box. And the box. (laughs) Jerry still buys that crap. I just throw those things away. But yeah, Lost Planet, I don't know. I think it's pretty fun. I really did not like the single player. I, I say I like the first half of the single player well enough. But after a while, it just feels like, oh, I'm picking up another generic weapon to kill another generic bad guy. Once you get halfway through the game, you've seen basically everything the game has to offer. Except for the super robot at the end, which is a piece of crap. <laughs> My so special super. favorite about, part about that is it gives you... Its special weapon is it has unlimited laser Vulcan, like... Well, one of the tanks does later on. But this one has Laser Vulcan in addition to its two laser swords. So I was like, sweet, finally a gun that I can just like fire while I'm doing other real attacks. Except by that point in the game, it's worthless. I guess it's okay for the three robots you can fight in that level before the final boss that you can just fly past anyway. <laughs> but once you get to the final boss, like the first three times I fought him, I was like, yeah, Vulcan. And then I was like, you know what? This doesn't do crafting <laughs> They said make this like little green explodey shield show up around him. And I was like, yeah, I broke through his green explodey shield. Now he's dead for real. No, you still have to use the ridiculously crappy laser swords. <laughs> that they don't tell you you have to hold the button down to attack with, not just push it. God, I really hate that last boss and his like ridiculous afro. Wait, well, you, they went crazy with the hair as soon as they introduced that one guy. What was his name? Like, Bandito? Oh, Bandero? Yeah, yeah, Bandero. I'm Bandero. Bandero. There's nothing Latin about me. In fact, I have an enormous chin and I look vaguely Eastern European, yeah, except for this ridiculous... Those strange, like, tassels Bobbles on his hair. That come down in front of his face. Yeah. And when you giant head that doesn't fit in that helmet. When you first meet him and he's outside of the cockpit and Wayne threatens to kill him and doesn't immediately shoot a rocket at him... Yeah. It's like, you're in the robot, dude. You... Why are you even going to tell him I'm going to kill you? Why don't you just kill him? Yeah. Then he'll know. <laughs> Posthumously, of course. But 
I think the it's, message was... Yeah, it's two birds with one stone. It's efficiency. It's like there's two steps. You can tell him you're going to kill him, and then you can kill him. Or just Why don't you just thin those themselves. down? That's a priori evidence. You know, the only reason you tell someone you're going to kill him is because you can't do it right then. You're like on the phone. Yeah. And or even like he's on a boat sailing off to sea, and you're like, I'll kill Mendoza! <laughs> but yeah, no. Definitely should have just shot the rocket. Instead of like, would have saved you a whole lot of grief later on. Wait, yeah, I'll tell you that. Much. <laughs> setting up a lame boss fight. Also, you know what doesn't make a lot of sense? That like trailer they travel around in, which is never really established. Like, there's no establishing shots of this trailer that tell you they're in a trailer. You kind of just have to figure it out, as far as I can remember. No, they tell you they're in a trailer because you help them get it back in the first mission. <sighs> I don't even remember that. <laughs> Like, this trailer just seems to teleport around. Like, you have to go through hell to get to these places, and then they're already there when you show up. It's like, oh, yeah, we just took the the way, like, we went around the mountain. This is especially egregious in, what is it, mission, like, 9 or 10. The guy's like, we have to take this shortcut through the acrid-infested hive. You know, it's, it's the only way to get through. And then you get to the mid-boss of the thing, and the guy's like, I'll be waiting for you on the other side of this mid-boss. And I was like, why do I have to fight him? <laughs> what route did you take? Well, part of their mission is to annihilate the acrid. Yeah, not halfway through the game. They forget about that one pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, we've annihilated. They're like, wait, we don't like the, the acrid are all right. Now, nah, we're going to kill Nevik. Because, I don't know, we lost our focus. <laughs> if there's acrid around, we can kill them. Yeah, so there's a general lack really of... our concern. There's a lack of focus in the game's storytelling. And by lack of focus, I mean no story. I really just wish there wasn't a story. <laughs> Especially since those cutscenes are so long. They're like ten minutes at a time. And I'm... I always want to skip them whenever Kathy comes into the room because they're so lame. Yeah. I'm just like, eh, must not be embarrassed. Yeah, I'm sorry. Please don't think badly of my hobby because <laughs> of my poor choice in narrative storytelling. <laughs> it's kind of fun when you're shooting roly-poly stegosaurus insects in the butt. <laughs> Hello, ah! Damn. What do you mean? <laughs> I don't even understand Hello, what that was supposed to test. Ah! 